Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the OT Old Testament reading from Isaiah 7. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus. Amen. King Ahaz chooses alliance over reliance, which was nothing but foolish defiance. Yeah, that's what we see play out in the OT Old Testament reading from Isaiah 7. It's 700 plus years before the first Christmas. No United Nations. Splitsville. That's Scott's people. They've gone that route. We've got the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And since they're already torn in two, uh, they're pretty weak. They are sitting ducks. They're easy pickings for a very powerful nation right next door, the nation of Assyria the powerhouse nation at the time, and uh, they have the, the northern kingdom on their menu. They're licking their chops. And the northern kingdom, they, they know this. They know this. But they think they have a plan, a plan that will save them from this Assyrian aggression. What's that plan? Alliance. 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 Yeah, I mean, team up with uh, a nation next door to beef up your military. I mean, it's kind of common sense, right? And that's what they do. They form an alliance with the nation Aram, also coined Syria. Not the same as Assyria, so please don't get too confused here, okay? Now, this two-nation coalition ain't enough. Not enough firepower. So what the northern kingdom of Israel does, they send an invite. An invite to King Ahaz and the southern kingdom. Hey, buddy. Come. Come up. Come along. Join. Join our alliance. Everything's at stake, after all. Well, Ahaz, uh, he looks at this alliance, and he's like, yeah, not good odds. I mean, three Three dinky, divided, damaged nations versus, arguably at the time, the strongest nation in the world. Yeah, the odds are not in Ahaz's favor. So what does he do? He sends a letter. He sends a letter up to the northern kingdom with four letters. N-O-P-E. Nope. 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 Now this ticks off the northern kingdom of Israel, so they storm down. They attack Jerusalem. They want to remove King Ahaz and put in their own puppet king so that they get the southern kingdom's military power and strength. Ahaz isn't going to allow that. He has an alliance in mind. And we hear about this alliance that he makes with Assyria in 2 Kings 16.7. So Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Titles, by the way, reserved for Israel in their relationship with God, by the way. So treating the king of Assyria as, as God. Ugh, idolatry to the max. Come up and rescue me from the hand of the king of Syria and from the hand of the king of Israel, who are attacking me. 
you know what's playing out here. The, uh, the old saying, the enemy of my enemy is my, is my friend. That's what's going through Ahaz's mind. That's how he's rolling, folks, right? And so he sends boatloads of silver and gold to sway the Assyrians. He even includes temple treasure, which means he robs, he robs from God to secure this alliance with the king of Assyria. Alliance, not reliance. That is Ahaz's motto. And we really see this come out when the prophet Isaiah enters the scene, Isaiah 7. Through the prophet Isaiah, God makes Ahaz an offer. An offer he, he can refuse. A one-of-a-kind offer, though. It's pretty amazing, really. Isaiah 7.10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as shale and high as heaven. It's a blank check. How often does that happen in Scripture? I can think of, like, one other time, you know, Solomon, maybe. Yeah. A blank check. He can ask for any sign. A tangible, touchable testimony of God's 100% guarantee to rescue them, to deliver them from all of their enemies, including the Assyrians, who outnumbered them 10 to 1, by the way. I mean, all of the bookies in Las Vegas have their money on the Assyrians. And that's where Ahaz keeps his moolah, all of his money on the Assyrians. So he picks up the phone, he calls God and says, thanks, but uh, no thanks. I think I, I can handle this myself. My plan is just perfect. So uh, yeah, yeah, God, thanks, but, but no thanks. Click. Ahaz shreds God's do nothing, and I will do everything for you, offer using such pious platitudes. I mean, Ahaz sounds so religious here, doesn't he? Oh, man. So religious. Verse 12. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Who's actually being tested here? Ahaz. It's the Lord testing Ahaz, not the other way around. And we see the mercy of our Lord play out so beautifully here. Again, God inviting Ahaz to do nothing. To do nothing. And trust in him alone. But Ahaz doubles down, doubles down, doubles down on men, horses, and chariots. Alliance, not Reliance. The Lord's patience wearing thin, folks. Verse 13. And Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? We can be such Ahazes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can be. Allying with people politics, and products to secure our plan, to make sure our plan doesn't fall apart. Yeah, our motto has been at times, alliance, not reliance. 
Yeah, we have found ourselves in the flippy floppies of Ahaz, you know, thinking, where's God? I don't see where God is. He must not be here. He must be absent. I guess it's all on my shoulders. Time for me to take the bull by the horn. Time for me to take control and make sure that my plan comes to fruition. And so we ally ourselves with people, politics, product. We ally ourselves with people. Because we want to have an important title or label, we befriend the very people who can validate us, making us feel wanted, seen, valuable. For the promotion at work? Well, we get all buddy-buddy with uh, the guys and gals who uh, hold the key. The key-key. Since, uh, you know, we want to be liked more than others, we wear that agreeable mask so that we don't ruffle any feathers. We ally ourselves with politics. We absolutely detest where the nation is right now today. So, you know, we align ourselves with a political party or a political person, figurehead, to save the good old USA. We cast a ballot every election cycle thinking that's going to, well, turn this nation in a different direction. We ally ourselves with product. We don't like what we see in the mirror, so we try, you know, this cosmetic line, that clothing company to make ourselves prettier. We, we purchase, you know, this boat, that house, these toys, thinking, well, this is how I'm going to climb the social ladder and gain more clout and leverage. We put all of our eggs in the retirement basket, thinking that means, well, all of my problems will go away. No more worry ever again. Dear friends, let me be crystal clear here, okay? People, politics, product are not evil in and of themselves, but how we use those things for our plans well, that tells us a lot about where we put our trust. Alliance, not reliance. We can be such Ahazes. Mm -hmm. No more DIYing it here at Grace, okay? No more of that. Okay, Do-it-yourself stuff, okay? No more of that. Doesn't work anyway. There's a better way, the best way. The do-nothing way, the be-still-and-know-that-I-am-God way, the call-upon-me-in-the-day-of-trouble-and-I-will-deliver-you way, the salvation-of-our-souls way, reliance, not alliance. Reliance, not alliance. Christmas, dear friends, gives us a sign that disrupts and destroys all of our plans. What is that sign? You heard it. You heard it. You heard it. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Ahaz poo-pooed this Emmanuel sign. He poo-pooed it. And it cost him biggie time, right? It cost him everything. 
It's not like he wasn't warned. I mean, he was definitely most deaf warned. Verses 16 and 17. For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. So that's the king in the northern kingdom and the king of, Assyria, of Syria. They're going to come to nothing. That's what, that's what Isaiah is saying. The Lord will bring upon you and upon your people and upon your father's house such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. What Ahaz wanted as the nation's savior would turn out to be the nation's executioner. The alliance would not deliver Ahaz, but rather destroy Ahaz. Defiant Ahaz defeated. And this Emmanuel sign collected dust. Lots of dust through the years and the decades and, and the centuries. Only after, only after God's people were under the thumb of Assyria, then Babylon, then Persia, then Greece, then Rome. Would the Emmanuel sign get dusted off and fulfilled? To a people under Rome's thumb, God arrives, he comes, sucking his thumb. O come, O come, Emmanuel. God coming to us as one of us. And when he does that, dear friends, everyone's plans interrupted. And that is good news. Gospelly good news. Because his plan is the best plan. Emmanuel Jesus allies himself to our humanity in the womb of the Virgin Mary so that we can rely on him to be with you and me and write us into his never-ending story. Whatever plans we have, Emmanuel Jesus eclipses all of them. Every single one. As we see with Joey, Joseph, Joe, in the Gospel reading, when Jesus arrives, everything is different. Nothing stays the same. Everything's changed. Everything. Everything's different. A whole new plan for us. God's plan. His story. We are taken up into it. And that is what Joe's dream teaches us. Joseph's dream interprets the Emmanuel sign and encourages him and all of us that everything will be fine. A-OK, -okay, just fine. For this child's story is his, yours, and mine. Now, during this time of the year, I would argue that Joe, Joseph, gets like hardly any airtime. It's like, it's like we don't talk about the guy. He probably doesn't want us to talk too much about him, of course. He wants all focus on the Christ child. I get that. But we got we to look at this guy a little bit here. We have so much to learn from Joe. We do, from Joey. I mean, look at this guy. Here's a guy whose plans are completely shredded with one sentence. Oh, Joe, I'm pregnant. 
Matthew 1.18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now the marriage license already signed. They're not living together yet, but everyone sees them as Mr. and Mrs. Carpenter. Mm-hmm. They do. Mr. and Mrs. Carpenter. But what is Joey going to do now that Mary is pregnant? It's not that simple, folks. This is really messy. Quite awkward. It's not, it's not like, you know, Joe can go up to Mary and say, can I have the ring back? Yeah, you, you, have, a good, you, you have a good life, okay? I, I wish you all the best. It's not that simple. It's a legal matter now. Because the baby isn't Joey's, well, he has every right to take her to divorce court and publicly shame her. Reject her, ridicule her, in everyone's eyes. That is what the law of God says. But Joey's different. He ain't your average Joe. Mm-hmm. He isn't. This guy dares to read the scriptures, not just through the lens of the law, but also through the lens of the nature and character of God himself. Now, this guy has a family tree that's pretty messed up. <laughs> But because of that family tree, he can reflect on that family tree, and he can see how merciful his God really is. Mercy beyond telling. Mercy beyond our wildest imagination. Mercy beyond our deserving. And so this Joe, Joseph, he seeks to find a way to resolve this very awkward situation where two things are honored at the same time. God's law and God's mercy. I imagine uh, some sleepless nights. Tossing and turning in bed nightmares. Shuffling his feet through the wood shavings in the wood shop. Wearied and worried. Worked up, worn down. But then D-Day. D-Day, decision day. What's his decision? Here it is, verse 19 of the Gospel reading. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. See, he isn't your average Joe. This is the proof. I think we overlook how extraordinary this man's decision really is. By not... By divorcing her quietly, by leaving all of this out of the tabloids, by keeping all of this out of the public eye, Joseph would absorb all of Mary's shame and take all of the heat, all of the punishment, all of the criticism, so that she can now go and be with the baby's daddy. Mercy triumphing over judgment. With this perfect, perfect plan in place, he can now rest in heavenly peace. Not so fast. <laughs> Not so fast, right? Verses 20 and 21 of the Gospel reading. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Wasn't there a 
another Joseph in the Bible who was a dreamer? Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Your name's Joseph and you're having dreams with angels in it. I think you might want to listen. Okay. Okay. Just... Saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What good news! This baby is not a violation of God's will, but rather an expression of God's will, a gift from the Holy Spirit. Spirit, Unlike Ahaz, who went all in with defiance, Joey goes all in with dependence. Totally reliant. He's a faither. You know, what's really fascinating, there are theologians who, who say that Mary was the first Christian. Well, I guess, you know, we could say that Joey was the, the second Christian. <laughs> and with those eyes of faith, he sees... That which no ultrasound can show, that Mary's baby bump is Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph plans nothings, the formal wedding ceremony, the uh, wedding reception, the cake cutting, all the beautiful pictures of the family. You know, that honeymoon to Hawaii, not put on hold, canceled. Cancel. All that matters now is God's plan and his God-given role in it as the guardian of Jesus, as the adoptive father of Jesus. Yet this guy has all of these unanswered questions, all of these doubts, probably lots of fears, right? And yet he still signs on to the Emmanuel sign. Matthew 1, verses 24 and 25. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Joey relied on the diapered deity. Without even seeing Jesus uh, fulfill what his name really means. Without, without even seeing Jesus live up to his name. Joseph, did you know? <laughs> Joseph, did you know? Yes, he did. He could cradle the Christ child, look into his eyes, and the words of Isaiah 7 were, were remember these words. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. Curds and honey. Curds and honey. That is the diet of the destitute. That is the meal of the poor. Joey knew how low this Christ child would go. Rock bottom. He knew. He knew. He knew this child, born into the poverty of this world's sin, born into the poverty of our, of our shame and guilt, born into the poverty of our fears and doubts, born into the poverty of dashed hopes and dreams, Born into the poverty of disappointment and regret. Born into the poverty of broken minds and hearts. Born into the poverty of sick beds and hospice. Born into the poverty of death and the grave. And he did that to bear it all. All of our poverty, the whole enchilada of our poverty, to Calvary. 
so that he could redeem it all and write it all into his story, which goes beyond suffering into glory. Is God with us? Is he with us? Doesn't seem like you're too sure. <laughs> yes, yes, a thousand times yes. We all have our individual personal poverty, and it's right there where Jesus dwells. He dwells in your poverty, dear friends. He does. Where's the sign? We have the sign. It's right before us, actually. The font. The font. Here at the font is a sign that we can rely on. For this is the liquid pen that Jesus uses to write his name on our head and heart to assure us that we belong to his story, his plan, which will never ever fall apart. This is the time of year when we think our plans are falling apart. Amen. And that's a good thing, by the way. A very good thing. Because we are not in control. We are not in control. I mean, look at Ahaz. We learn from Ahaz, alliance, not reliance, uh, not a recipe for success. If we depend on our plans, we will be dis disappointed every single time. Because ultimately, all of our plans come to nothing in death. If we want to go that route, depend on our plans, in death, it's all for naught. Look at Joseph. Let's learn from Joseph. We already have an ally who will not fail, fall, flail. He has a name, Emmanuel, God with us. And he is with us, each of us, to work us into his plan, his can't-ever-fall-apart plan. Despite our fears, despite our doubts, despite all of our questions, despite all of our emotion, how can we be so certain? Pastor Aaron, how can I be so certain? Thank you for asking. Appreciate it. Okay. You're baptized. Jesus at the font. He autographed you. He put his autograph on you so that you could be sure and certain that you are in his story. The whole of you. There is not one part of your life that he leaves out. There's not one part of your life that he says, that's not necessary. He's a details-oriented God. It all matters. It all has meaning. You may not see the meaning now, and actually, we, we really don't. <laughs> Let's just be honest. We really don't. But you will. You will. A day is coming when every part of your life, even those parts that really just embarrass you, those parts that you want to forget, those parts that really bring so much shame and guilt, it will all become for you a source of supernal joy. All of it. All of it. You will finally see how it was all taken up into God's plan to save you and to make you the person he created you to be. Every second of every single day, he uses to, de to develop your character. What a starring role that you have in his story. We like to say, think it's all about Jesus coming to our story. No, that's backwards. It's us going into his story. And what a starring role that you have. He will never trade you for anything or anyone. He will never trade you for the world. Here, 
is another Emmanuel sign to assure you of how prized and precious you are to him. Take, eat, take, drink. Sink your teeth into this sign. Sip and slurp this sign. And leave here this morning saying with Joseph, you know, that not-so-average joke, Joseph, reliance, not alliance. That is our motto here at GLC. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. <laughs>